millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Arseholes indeed. Hello everyone. Well, <laughs> welcome back to Roller Age Podcast. Phil, welcome back to the show, mate. How you doing? Hello there. Oh, I'm fine. After, l- last time you were on, I can't remember who it was now, mm. but I said the artist formerly known as at Single Malt Suds, and somebody sent a, a, a sincere message asking after you, so you, you want to let the people know that you're well. Was it a debtor of mine or something? <laughs> it might have been. Chasing yeah. me. <laughs> Where's he going? <laughs> Banging on the door, taking my TV away. Um, how you doing? Uh, yeah, all right. Um, actually, no, I'm furious. To be honest, still, I, still, still quite furious. Right, yeah. This is it. Full disclosure. Right, I, mate, I was fucking rattled. Like, if if this happened the other way, with the way I reacted, right? If it was the other way around, if it was an Arsenal fan. In that way, I would live for that shit. That would be like invect, inject it into me, kind of territory. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, I, my head completely went. Yeah, same. I, I think that um, th- that there's so many points of this to pick apart. But just going by what you said there about, it's. I don't think it's all high and mighty to say that if Spurs had pulled that, I would probably, you know as you say, enjoy the kind of like, get it into my veins and, you know, cry an emoji on Arsenal fans' tweets about how much of a disgrace it is. I get all that, but I would feel really kind of embarrassed by it. It's a bit like the Super League thing. I was just, you know, when you just kind of had to swallow the embarrassment that your club had done. In fact, I'm surprised it wasn't us that did it, to be honest. (laughs) It just shows you how the, the tables have returned at Arsenal and how the new Spurs. It's it's a fair point as well, because it's very true. In so much as I do see a lot of Arsenal fans who are kind of like, oh, I'm not really going to... Well, at least at first they were like, I'm not really going to celebrate this. I'm kind of disappointed that we've done this. You know, I mm. never want to hide from Tottenham at the end of the day. You know, we take it to them. And a lot of them probably felt the same way that we did in so much as like their youngsters would probably give our the team we had available to us a decent go. Because let's not forget as well, a, a postponement really, it probably does us a favour as well. But... Before we get onto that sort of thing, just just sort of carrying on with this point, is that I, I would feel embarrassed, and I do think quite a few Arsenal fans do as well. And it probably is like you were saying now with the Super League, is that now that everyone's sort of against them a bit, then you sort of you, you double down, you against the world kind of thing, and you sort yeah. of try and give out all the well, we haven't done anything wrong, but it is grubby in it. They've if it's not if it's not corrupt, if it's not some sort of like dodgy loophole they've exploited like 
at the very best, it's just it's gaming the system, you know, mm, mm, mm. because I don't even know exactly what it is, but the, my assumption is that they've had X amount of players unavailable, and one of those is due to COVID. So they've managed to say, well, we technically can't play the game because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know, lo- lots of people have kind of talked about this and said, and you know, the what what again, I was disappointed but not surprised by the the sort of rallying around them and, and the ire being pointed towards the Premier League. I get all that. I get that, you know, that the rule was worded in a way that meant that they didn't actually break any laws or anything like that. However, let's cut to the chase, man. They fucking gained the system and it's bent as fuck that they did. And that is that is astonishing and so disappointing that they have got away with it and I think that so I'm, I'm trying to keep my bile down as, as I'm picking my words but the, the the fact that they were underhand and no one has kind of said what I'm saying in the sense that it's it's not in the spirit of the game and I know how fucking twee that sounds and I know how you know limp and to use the word lily white that sounds but it is true they have absolutely ducked it you know on a technicality and that has not been picked up at all nearly enough. You know, I saw like the Sky, um, they must have been in the studio ready for the Spurs game because Robbie Keane was there and Micah Richards were there. And, you know, Robbie Keane kind of picked his words carefully. But Sooness and Richards and then obviously Alan Smith, they were all quite supportive of Arsenal doing this and saying, you know, it's the... Any club would do it, and it's the league for doing Leeds this. Leeds haven't fucking done it. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. That's the thing. It's just the bare face of it all, and it's just you know. This is what I said to you um, after this, the the decision to to postpone it was made clear, which was, you know, everyone with the right mind was looking and thinking, yeah, all right, nice try, not going to happen. You know, given our collective understanding of what the the issue was and and the, what the rules were, and. You know, when it came out that it um, had been postponed, like I said to you, it was just another blatant example of how corrupt and shit this game is that we pour so much of our lives into. And, you know, it it was just another nail in that coffin for me that I, I really couldn't. And as much as, you know, probably in the cold light of day, it's settled down and you forget about it in a few months. But I'm clinging on with my fingertips to football at the moment and especially with Spurs, you know, this kind of repetitive nature, getting close to making it, getting close to doing something and then getting pushed off the ledge. This one, when I was just like, there is no hiding from the fact that this, that, that, that it is stacked against us. And, you know, I say us, but, you know, I'm sure there's clubs below us that feel the same way and that we've poached their young players or whatever. I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's, it's the... The fact that I put so much of my energy and time and, you know, I'm not asking for anything back, but a level playing field would be all right. And it's the same thing, you know, off the back of the Chelsea result when everyone's been through COVID, everyone's through this, that and the other. There's games all stacked up for everyone. We put out our team and they've got just got like a <laughs> a, a team, a squad full of world-class players. And again, no one really kind of acknowledges the fact that they've basically just been doped by oil money it's 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 really just hard for me to swallow this at the moment 
It's, and that's where I am. It's, it's funny though, isn't it? Because I'm very much with you when you say that uh, a level playing field would be, would be nice. Because the thing, and I, I think to a degree, right, every single club has this kind of the world is against us, you know, only we never get penalties, only we ever get this referee against us, only we get the media mm. say all this stuff about us. But I would say really, the way it's always been is there has been a protected little cabal. And that's what, you yeah, know, like the cartel in yeah. Premier League football. And that is United, Liverpool, Arsenal as, mm. as, a, as a flat rate. Chelsea has sort of bullied their way into that sort of I guess because their new money isn't so new anymore Manchester mm. City who whatever whatever way we want to say they've assembled their wealth they're still not sort of the pundits favorites really they no. they're sort of they're still very much an outsider do you know what I mean they're not spoken about particularly favorably I think you know people speak more fondly about the kind of the Liverpool team that came runners up to that Manchester City team that got over 100 points, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they got over 100 points, didn't they? Because obviously I they had so, their yeah. Centurion season and then I think they went even further, didn't they? I can't remember, but... And I do understand that to a degree because I still, as much as I detest them, I do think that Liverpool have done it in a better way, I would say, than like City or Chelsea still, even though they spend a ridiculous amount of money and... You know, again, like like you're saying, they're like one of the biggest ironies is that <laughs> most of we sort of we single out kind of City as being the oil club, but you know, I'm pretty sure like a lot of uh, Liverpool's owners' money all comes through like Texan oil and all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. dodgy dealings in the sort of you know in Iraq and all this kind of thing. But I mean, whatever. No, nobody's when you got a lot of money, nobody's money is clean. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the that's easiest right. way to yeah. look at it, and. Uh, I do, I do still feel that just like what you're saying there, kind of, because you had Carragher and Neville the night before, pretty much I think sort of heart on their sleeve, getting caught on the fly, answered honestly before maybe even like Scott and I get, I understand right, this is all very tinfoil hat and everything, but I think before sort of Sky had their party line on it, Carragher and Neville essentially said that it shouldn't be postponed, that this is Arsenal game in the system. But then, as you say, it's very funny the next day when it actually did get postponed, you got Richard, Souness and Alan Smith, obviously, all there just pretty much kind of backing Arsenal up. And, you know, I, I just, I do think about this. I think about this level playing field and stuff like with this, because I think that at the moment, all we have is, again, is Tottenham being the banter club, not buying players, it's when nobody's buying fucking players at the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Right? Villa have bought Coutinho, great, but who cares? He's clapped. And well, let's let's give it before I, I get it, everyone's losing their heads because he had a good debut. Let's give it five games, let alone ten games, and see how he's doing then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, let's all remember Hamas Rodriguez. Exactly. How a few minutes we didn't get him. Exactly that. Um, but again, you know, it's it's every press conference. It, it's you know. Wires and them trying to bait answers out of Conte basically and kind of sort of twisting his words. And I, I'm sort of I'm a, I'm a little bit annoyed at him. I've got a different sort of side in this where I'm a little bit annoyed at how he's I feel he's played into it a little bit, but he's still being put in that position. And I don't really, if you know, Arsenal were absolutely flagging under Arteta for most of his tenure. And I personally feel he got a relatively easy ride. I, I, I just kind of feel that. They are Arsenal are always going to be one of those kind of protected clubs. So this idea that 
because you've seen a few Arsenal fans as well doing as well. Tottenham have had four games postponed before this one. It's like, well, <sighs> come on, yeah. It's just it doesn't even bear sort of like um, responding to that, though, does it? Because it's just such a factually loose argument, and you know, so so many of these, you know, we, we're going by the sort of Twitter reaction, and, and a lot of Arsenal fans on there seem to be about twelve years old, if not actually, then certainly in the way that they respond to things. So, so much of this is just so tedious as well. So I'm trying to kind of put that, put that to one side, like the reaction to it, because that's galling and it's annoying, but it doesn't really kind of change the fact that we've just been, again, dealt a bad hand because you know how this is going to pan out. And if you think this is going to go any, any way differently, you haven't been paying attention to what's been happening to Tottenham Hotspur over the last two decades. The game will be rescheduled in a week, which is no doubt sandwiched between other tough games for us. I mean, you know, that kind of goes without saying. It's just Premier League. We will have injuries. We will probably even get, like, another bout of lasagna game. And But because the rule has been changed after the event, as it has been again, like the handball rule in the Champions League final, it'll be us that get stitched up. And going back to what you said about, you know, every club feels like that they have something that goes against them or, you know, they're, they're the ones that referees hate or, or whatever. It's literally the rules get changed after it stitches us up. That, I mean, you can't, I, I, honestly, as, as you're saying, the funny thing is, right, as you're saying this, like, even just like subconsciously, I know it's triggering me because I can just over the course he's saying, I feel myself grinding my teeth and I feel my toes yeah, like curling yeah. up. Like it's just, it's so annoying, you know? Like, <laughs> why is it always us? <laughs> but it's, it's becoming farcical, that's the thing. And, you know, the, the, the handball in the Champions League final, it is, it's almost like we're in a simulation. You know, talking of which, you and I, instead of going to the game on Sunday, went to go and watch The Matrix. And I was thinking how, you know, as much as everything pointed to that being a disaster, kind of went into it hoping that it might be good. Started off okay and then turned into a disaster and limped to the end, which is, you know, I can't think of a better allegory for <laughs> supporting Spurs than that. So I've got my fix anyway. Tottenham Hotspur Resurrections, isn't it? <laughs> Please uh, don't. Oh, dear. Um, I mean, because I, like I said, I completely lost my head. Like, so on, on Saturday night when I knew I wouldn't be waking up early and basically drinking all day on the Sunday... I yeah, decided yeah. to, because uh, I, I went around my parents anyway to sort of see them, see how they're doing, and then I ended up <laughs> inhaling about two, <laughs> literally about two bottles of wine to myself, and I just made. I, I was like, I was like a toddler. I just couldn't. I, I was so emotionally volatile. I just, I was so annoyed about the news. I was just so annoyed like just in the respect of like and i've got the literally i've got the thin end of it here like i, I live in and around in and around as the saying goes in and around london it's what well, it's an it's an hour hour and a half for me to get to tottenham or back but even i felt like i was like it's my fucking plans i was going yeah, i had it yeah, all yeah, planned yeah. out i was meeting like phil and the lads we're all gonna go to blue coach's gonna have a load of tin stuff our faces with chicken wings hobble up to the ground, shout and swear at Tottenham against Arsenal, and then depending on whether we win or lose, you know, well, probably either way, we'll end up going back to the pub and having a few tins, and you you sort of build your weekend around it. And again, 
like the match going fans are just they're the smallest consideration but like i say literally the thin end of the wedge we've got again for a game like this you have people coming from all over the place like literally all over the place and i know people because i have seen people argue this at the moment saying like well you know if they're coming to a football game during covid let alone traveling during covid you can't expect everything to go all your way and i take that to a degree were this not a repeated pattern, even pre-COVID, of fans being literally just the least important aspect of this stuff, which it just seems crazy time and time yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. They're not even pretending that it's not the case anymore. You know, they they try to kind of give it with the um, fans not being here during, you know, when all the stadiums were closed, but the football was carrying on. And it seemed like, again, I'll put your tinfoil hat on about Sky being sort of like nudged or the, or the kind of commentators being nudged to kind of not mention the fact that the fans aren't there anymore. All right, you know, they might have just got used to the idea, but the fact that they played most of a season without fans being there, you know, again, that, that that's a fucking lightning rod to the fact that it doesn't actually matter if we're there or not. And drawing a, drawing attention to the fact just kind of gets forgotten about and it just becomes a norm and you know that they can just cancel games last minute it's it's a farce and all right you know they've got to fulfill the fixtures blah 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 but don't pretend like it's a sport you can't have it both ways you can't say we need to fulfill the fixtures for the integrity of the league when you're playing you know You've, you've got the rules, which means things like Sunday happen and not even things like Sunday happen week in, week out. The the opposite happens. As you say, Leeds had to play, funnily enough, Arsenal. All right, you know, fundamentally, Leeds might not requested it gets cancelled. But come on, man, we're talking about the integrity of a, of a sporting competition. And it's so beyond that now. So that's what I mean. Going back to my point about clinging on with my fingertips, about being sort of invested in football, it's just... It's so hard to reconcile it as a, no, you know, I'll support my club and I can kind of see what they're doing. I can see that they're, you know, building a stadium to 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 finance the team so we can attract more players. Fucking hell, mate. It's getting to the point where, in fact, it's, we're beyond that point. And it's just so, as I say, so hard to reconcile the fact that what we're watching is a anything close to football as a sport and not more akin to wrestling. <laughs> it is though, isn't it? It, it really yeah. is like... WWE, even people holding up signs in stadiums and stuff now, you know. Yeah. It's, but it's, it is this, right? It's the whole narrative. Because even from what you're saying there, I know the way this will be twisted. And, well, no, I don't I don't even say I, I, I need to know the way this is twisted. Because which one of the uh, one of the podcasts, it might have been Fo- BBC's Football Daily or something. One of them was essentially making the point that we're talking about the integrity of the competition. Well, surely... Protecting the integrity of the competition is having a North London derby, a kind of a blue chip fixture in the Premier League calendar, contested by the two strongest 11s available to either side. And you're like, that is, oh, mate. Like, I kind of see the point to a degree, but at the <laughs> no. same time. No. Like, because cause then what, what happens? Is it is it now, have they opened up Pandora's box? Is it that every time, you know, Liverpool don't have Salah and Mane available to them? I, I don't see why now, if this precedent's been set, they can't just game it themselves, you know? No, yeah, it, it's, it's nothing to do with that. It's because they, it's like um, using the example of theatre production. Will people want to go and see the theatre production where the headline star is 
ill or can't do it and it's just the stand-in who's going to take three months worth of no they're not going to want they're not going to want that they'll 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 pause production until the the star is available but that's not about sport and integrity that's about you know the spectacle of it and again like wrestling you don't hold wrestlemania with with if hulk hogan's got a broken leg i mean you might have done i don't know don't call me up on that. I don't know anything about wrestling. <laughs> Just gone down a rabbit hole that I don't really I understand. Thought you loved it. <laughs> Sharp. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just it, it, it's nonsense, and it, 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 you know we are relatively inte- intelligent people. We can understand the kind of legal ramifications of a document that's been written with blah 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 we can understand that you know covid is a is a is a changing landscape every day blah blah blah. we get that i understand that but i'm still furious <laughs> i'm still furious for all the reasons we've just explained and you know what i will say and i'm not ready to kind of say you're absolutely right with the fact that you know we might have dire back blah 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 someone else will be out It'll be it'll be a disaster because that's what happens at Tottenham Hotspur. This is a simulation, as we said. What I am hoping for is that, and you know, I think I said this to you when we went to the Morecambe game, that you know we've we've been going to the state, the new stadium for a while now. It's become its home. We we still haven't had that kind of big game or big moment within a game which sticks in our mind. Yeah, we've had you know. Man City Champions League but that was all quite a bit of a blur wasn't it that was quite early on it's almost like that belonged to that Champions League campaign as opposed to the stadium itself in a weird way I know that sounds like I'm making an excuse but I agree with you it was all just kind of like a dreamlike state wasn't it you know it it all just kind of it all just but but wasn't it wonderful? But oh, but wasn't it wonderful? <laughs> but, um, oh, what times oh, we had! My, oh, I've never <laughs> seen such a thing. But the um, my my point is that if it's a if it's a um, game under the lights midweek, which you know by the looks of it is going to be, I mean it has to be. The atmosphere and actually shout out to Billy on the uh, hometown glory pod. Right, no, don't don't be plugging. Don't be plugging. Right, it right you can cut that. Out. You can you can bleep it out. In, he was saying how you know the kind of the rivalry with Arsenal, and I agree with him. You know, in my mind, I didn't didn't bother to speak to him or anything. Sorry, Bill. I know you're listening, mate. Um, it, it kind of became a bit of a a, a flat rivalry. Like mm. I, I think probably off the back of like you know England with Saka and stuff. That didn't you know seemed a bit more sort of teams are a bit more friendly with each other than they were like you know 15 years ago. Um, this has reignited it, and I think that the, the atmosphere, therefore, if you could have compared how it would have been on Sunday with it just being, you know, under the circumstances, but they had to play without really even kind of requesting a postponement, it would have been obviously a great atmosphere. The atmosphere when we actually do come round to play them is going to be insane, and that means if we get a result in that, that is going to be a huge one of those tentpole games in that new stadium. So. I don't know what I'm saying this because, you know, we're going to have to be playing. We'll have to get like Clinton NG back on loan or something to play. Something mad like that. That There'll be some mad thing that bites us in the arse because of this, because it never goes our way because it's all stacked against us. We'll be pushed to that conspiracy the season, in it, when Kane's ankles have gone as well. And yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. And all the start of next season, you know, just be tacked on to the end when they've managed to sign Dusan Vahajevic or whomever. 
Um, and Conte would have left and we, you know. Anyway, every Spurs fan just knows what I'm going on about. That fate has a way of conspiring to absolutely stitch us up and I'm not holding out any hope that that's not going to be the case. But still, if that result happens and, you know, we get a result in whatever circumstances, that could be the moment that really kind of brings that stadium into our hearts, as it were. Fucking hope so, because they've, they've always been a corrupt club. Always have been, always will be, and they're just showing their true colours again. Their, their, their very I mean? existence, in the, like again, this has been said time and time again, but their very existence in the Premier League or in the top flight division is crooked. And they go on about how, you know, was it them and Everton are the teams that have lasted longest in the league? It's like Cla- the class the first and all, place. And all that that they say, you know. Yeah. And, well, at least, you know, and again, like t- talking about how far Arsenal have fallen. They were known as the Invincibles. So, <laughs> Jack, now they can be known as the Invisibles because <laughs> they weren't there. <laughs> hey, hey, banter, football banter. You could, you could, you could probably get something like that made up on a T-shirt though, and all the Dars would buy it on the high road. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like, I swear, like the one, you know, there's somebody's. Those sort of crude photoshops that are always done of, you know, there's like two babies on a sofa and one's pointing at the other one and he's yeah, crying. Yeah. You put like the badges of your club and their club on there or something. Yeah, and the badge has got like a white box around it because it's just been nabbed off Google yeah. Images or All something. All like pixelated around the edges <laughs> and stuff. Or that lad like pissing on the shirt. Yeah. Pissing oh, on the shirt of the rival and it's interchangeable no matter what, what, what uh, ground you go to. Or the other one of like, it's like Jimmy Savile in like Jim Kit. Have you seen that? And he's like, He's like, <laughs> he's like holding, he's like wearing a shirt, but he's like holding it taut, kind of thing. And it'll yeah. be like, insert your rival's club badge there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No. It's fucking horrible. Have you seen they're doing a program about Jimmy Savile? It's a bit weird. Uh, I've not actually. No, he's not. He's not on my um, horizon. Steve, the, I, know, I know he is yours, so you tell me. The, the BBC of all people are doing a, a oh, drama. Steve Coogan playing Jimmy Savile. So. Uh, I mean, I think the families of the victims and such have all been involved. So, I digress. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's a bit of a bit of a. That's, funny it, that's one, if the BBC's around in time to finish it. Eh? There you go. There you go, mate. That's that's relevant. Relevant discussion. Um, I often get in trouble when you talk about politics and such. Actually, the BBC. Nobody likes the BBC, do they? Really? Even everyone thinks the BBC. Everyone is, thinks they're biased. They're lefties yes. or, or gammons or whatever. You know. So. Um, Maybe we should take this conversation offline, Jack. Would you reckon? I don't know. This, I think this is what the people want to hear. We haven't had we haven't had foot, footy ball to talk about, <laughs> other than shouting about conspiracy in the battles. Maybe I'll go full Alex Jones. Maybe I'll extend conspiracy outside of the realms of football. Should I do that? What about the moon? What do you think about the moon? Do you reckon we ever landed on it? Actually, yeah. <laughs> of all the conspiracy theories, that's the one that I would actually know. Yeah, of course we did. There's, well, there's that I don't believe in any conspiracy theories. People reckon Kubrick actually filmed the moon landings, the Neil Armstrong film, and he's hidden all those. There's all coded messages inside of The Shining. Um, there's a documentary. Oh, is it, is it doc? Is it Room Three One Two? Is it called? I I could I could accept that they filmed some of the moon landings in a studio because the footage would have been too shite to. You know the footage that they had on the on the lunar landing thing. <laughs> See, I'm about as knowledgeable as most conspiracy theorists. 
I just don't know what the thing's called. You just need the, to the, shout you know, it would have been intersplice. Yeah, it's like this isn't good enough. We're gonna have to like you know beef up the the footage a bit with with some. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, Jack. It's exhausting. It's exhausting thing about Spurs conspiracies, let alone half baked moon landings. Room two three seven is a documentary. I was thinking of. It's actually on Amazon Prime. If uh, you want to watch it, I started watching it. It's, it's people really like it. I didn't think it was very well made, so I stopped watching it. Um, but Sheep. we're playing. Do you reckon? Right. So we got we got Leicester in the week. Tottenham Hotspur. And I think have that, we, Jack? Well, do we? That's the thing, um, because that's that's sure that's going to be that's sure, that's our game that was postponed, right, and is now been rearranged. Yeah, yeah. Are you uh, fancying us? Because it's, it's tomorrow evening, seven thirty. Seven. I think so PM. because, like, like Leicester. I know Leicester are a bit of a bogey team for us because of the whole, you know, them being good. And even before that, in the 90s, I swear that they caused us trouble, but then most teams did in the 90s, so not any bearing to it. But they, at the moment, are terrible. Their results and their form has been terrible. So um, I expect a 2 0 Leicester win. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, but it's funny that, isn't it? Because it's it's always the way with, with Brendan Rodgers' teams. I know there is always such a clamouring for him from Spurs fans. But I've mm. I've always just been dubious of him because we've all, we've seen this story with him so many times before, haven't we? That like yeah, he yeah. it's all it's all hearts on sleeves, it's passion, it's whatever all that Friday night lights kind of rhetoric of like let's win it for whatever. I mean they say let's win it for God, don't they? In Friday night lights, but maybe do not take that, that show's name in vain please I, I, how dare how dare you use a comparison between that and Leicester City <laughs> Brendan Rodgers <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. <laughs> Couldn't be further. The thing is about Brendan Rogers, I think that, and again, I don't really have any info. This is just a sort of a feeling I get that he's, he doesn't he just always alienate a player as well? I mean, I don't know what happened with Madison, and I, I actually don't really rate Madison, which I'm sure would be devastated to know. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure he just, you know, as you say, he just kind of he creates this 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 atmosphere in a team that seems to work for a while, but then people start falling foul of it, and then it just all falls apart. And I think that's the, that, that's what stage we're in at the moment with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, in theory we can, but we have been playing such bad football last few games you know we talked the other day about how potentially you know i've been one of the biggest if not the biggest um critic of harry winks i say critic that's that's quite a kind way of saying it but you know all i really care about is tottenham hotspur doing well whoever's in the shirt so and you know he he really stepped up his game but 
we are I'm not trying not to take like the two Chelsea games in sort of any more than than, than what they are and that that sort of color in my view of the past games but I'm pretty sure that all these players that sort of kicked on a bit in, under Conte have now sort of drastically to be honest fallen off a cliff a bit I don't know is that am I wrong on that no I don't know because I I sort of feel like the the real Harry Winks has showed up again a bit lately but uh, I think the most damning thing is really I, I just feel like our whole team's fallen apart since Eric Dyer's been out of it yeah I think yeah. he's sort of shown quite how important he is to to this I'm so looking forward to having him and Romero together like in that back line yeah, yeah, and I think it, you know, it's a huge difference. People talk about sort of, you know, other clubs having um, injury troubles, but we do, you know, fundamental parts of our team and our system are, are missing. And that, you know, that brings me on to say that something I've kind of noticed, and I don't know if this is just because of this is the way those games have been, but I think against um, what certainly last couple of games, maybe Watford and Southampton, we have looked better when we've gone to four at the back. And you know, that's, I guess understandable in a way because the players are more used to playing like that. But, and you know, I, I can only say that because Conte has switched it. So it's, 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 it's his like um, ability to spot something and change it. But I don't know. I mean, is this season just a write off anyway? Is this, is just this not just where we are that, you know, we, we are within touch and distance of top four, but actually should our expectations just be, this is a this is an extended preseason, really, for the big season, which is going to be next year. I don't know, but it's just as tough as it because if we essentially, you can't you cannot help you cannot help but look at this Premier League right now because I'm I'm literally looking at the table now. We got four games in hand on Chelsea now. If we win those four games in hand, we would sit third in the table now. And yeah. you know when you kind of I mean, funnily enough, we've actually got Chelsea on the weekend again. Um, I mean that would be a statement, right? Winning there. I mean they've obviously they've knocked us out of the cup, but I wouldn't bet against us. Funnily enough, springing a bit of a surprise on them if they maybe if the edge is just off it just a little bit for them um, because they've just knocked us out of the cup and they've just beaten us twice in a row. Um, yeah, but like in that certainly in that second leg, and I, I know again like Chelsea would have been three nil up at this point with time desperately running out for us, but. I don't think we were awful in, in... I mean, the first half of the first leg was, you know, woeful, headless chicken Tottenham, gifting teams goals that only I think we know how to do. But, you know, I'm going back on what we said about us playing poorly, but I think we've had, you know, periods, certainly in those two games, where, I don't know, we didn't look too bad. And certainly Harry Kane hasn't looked abysmal. He seems to be getting back to some sort of form, even if it isn't as... Uh, to his usual standard, but Chelsea play um, Brighton tonight, don't they? I could see Brighton doing them, and that's doesn't really have any bearing on our game. But do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, they Chelsea are quite weird at the moment. They are weird. I, I don't know if you saw after uh, the second leg of the semi final, Tuchel is smirking, sort of. Uh, we we were only playing at ninety percent, and we still managed to do them. It just fucking if you're Conte, just fucking you know. The old proverbial yeah. pin it to the fucking dressing room wall, that sort of thing. Like, don't just fucking into him, you know? He's so smirking and just, I think the fact that, you know, you, you saw them, all right, they beat him in the Champions League final the other day, but 
the teams that they are supposed to be going to toe to toe with, like Manchester City, they fucking crumble when they play one teams like that. Do you know what I mean? When they play mm-hmm. Liverpool, mm-hmm. they squander that lead against Liverpool. You know, like they, yeah. And all right, fair enough. You can sharp and beat a dysfunctional Tottenham, great. But you fucking lot have spent hundreds of millions, and you're still kind of, you know, I don't think they've actually won the league since sixteen seventeen, have they? When Conte was in charge of them. No, no. So. You know, I, but but that that never gets brought up, does it? The fact that they are probably, relatively speaking, bigger bottle jobs than Tottenham. Like it should be really, really, really speaking, it should be Chelsea and Manchester City first and second, interchanging season after season after season. And yeah. the fact that it's not, it's a massive failing, mostly by Chelsea because City are generally there or thereabouts, aren't they? Every single year now. Yeah, pound for pound, put it that way, they are the biggest bottlers. <laughs> this, is, this is not going to fly. But, you know, as you say, they've the amount of money and the amount of resources they've got to them, there's no way that they should be third to Liverpool. You know, I know that's kind of a bit cynical to look at, but fucking hell, this, this is the game in which we're watching at the moment. But as you say, so, yeah, um, they've got the trophies in the cabinet when we haven't, I suppose. But you are right, what they've got at their disposal hasn't given them what they well yes yeah, so when have, when did they last win the league i think it must have been the conte season right yeah yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it was i can't remember chelsea winning it because then the year after that or the year after 1617 that was our wembley season i think city won the league that year we came third or did we come no we didn't come second again did we we came third third yeah yeah i think in 1890 in seven in wait hang on 1617 1718 that was the first Wembley season 1718 that's the year we beat Liverpool like 4-1 wasn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so yeah we came third that year and I think City won the league that year then 1819 was was that City again and that was the year when Liverpool came really close yeah and uh, yeah so City won it back to back and then Liverpool won it yeah the league the year after um mm. so yeah they am so you can fuck off. Um, yeah. I've, <laughs> I, you have your league cup. Well, this is a funny thing, though, isn't it? We, we sort of we're talking about all this now, but it, it, going back to your point of should we or not write off this season, it's it's really hard to know because it, there there is an air of like with football, right? Of if you, I'm, I'm going to use this as an example because this is something that's sort of been kicking off a bit lately. Dylan Marcande, right? He's he's obviously a very very talented player, and I'm I'm personally I'm quite disappointed to see him go. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can talk about football in this sense of like, right? Let's look. If we start playing him now, two three years in the future, we might have a chance of being a good side, and he might have a chance of being a big part of that as a as a good and talented player who's grown within that system. Great, but I think a lot of this stuff sort of neglects what football is which is it's it's an especially at the level Tottenham are at now with the kind of the stadium size that we have the brand value probably the sort of obligations we have to sponsors shareholders whatever well we don't have shareholders well we sort of do we do we not I can't remember fuck knows. no we don't I don't think anymore but whatever whatever obligations we have to the money people shall we say I don't think we're that we're in that echelon of football anymore where you can just sort of right off the here and now you know and I, I, I mm. as much as I kind of want to say like yeah well you know let's write off a season and let's see where it goes like 
that's probably gonna you know we, we need to get into the Champions League we need to and hopefully we've said this I know plenty of times before but the reality is we're more likely to attract players and have more money readily available to us if we're in the Champions League those match days Champions League days are going to be huge events versus us again in the Europa Conference or something like that when it will be a half full stadium you know Mm, um, where mm. it'll be more, you know, families in there for the family vibe. Let's go and watch a European game at Tottenham midweek as opposed to a Champions League fixture where everybody wants to be there again because we haven't been in it for a couple of years now. Especially if we draw like one of the big boys in our group or something like that. You know, so I, I guess I know what you're saying. Like mentally, do should we just kind of hope for the best and not expect too much? But then I guess when you're sort of making a statement as a club bringing in somebody like Antonio Conte on such a short contract as it is now, every single game surely counts and every single kind of moment is important and we've got to hope that Tottenham get there. Um, because, yeah, oh, I don't know, I'm still... I'm in a funny place with Conte, mate. I'm not going to lie. I'm in, a, I'm in a funny place with him. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm obviously not fucking Conte out or anything, but I thought... Sounds like it, mate. I thought a lot of his... I, I, I don't know. I thought that second leg against Chelsea was a mess. I thought that was there were some bizarre decisions there. And like I was sort of touching on the top of the pod, I know he's sort of he's got form for being... You know, when he was... His first season at Inter, you know, he was having... I don't know. Histrionics, shall we say. He was having his sort mm-hmm. of like tantrums in press conferences about the quality of his squad and the lack of spending and then the club went and spent a load of money and I think they won the league or the double or whatever it was the next year after that and then he left obviously um so there is that there is that part of me that you know I think we sort of we knew that about content I'm not sort of saying like oh I wish he wasn't doing this I think he's a bad bloke for kind of playing into because as much as I think the media here are trying to trap him they are trying Mm -hmm. to kind of be like wow now you're through. You're 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 through the doors at Tottenham. Now you see what the reality is. Now you see how much of a joke club they are and whatever. I still think he's kind of protecting himself a bit, and I I, I just get the kind of me and them type vibe about him a bit. Like he's you know just almost like treating it like a, he's a bit of a caretaker. And again, I I don't really particularly judge him particularly harshly for that, but it it does make me wonder about. Tottenham if you know he didn't want to join us I get it or maybe we didn't push him that hard but still makes me wonder if we do perhaps need that Graham Potter type manager stop going for these kind of like the ego managers and somebody more like Graham Potter who's just married to his work to his vision to whatever system it is he's trying to implement and I'm not saying maybe Conte is like that behind closed doors but with somebody like Conte with that sort of star factor that he has there's a certain level of like maintaining or preserving his own image his own ego as well and I just wonder with the club the way it is the way we are with transfers the way we are you know just the protracted nature of them the kind of the way our squad is right now um, because I'm I think we're all firmly established now the squad needs work it's not just coaching um, that Maybe he, I don't know, maybe he just isn't right. But then maybe we're going to get some players in and we're going to be flying in a year or so. I mean, 
What, where, where are you on him, basically? Um, I know what you're saying about the um, what he says to the media. Um, I don't know if I have a different perspective on it, but because I, I tend not to kind of read any sort of news coverage, really. Certainly not after a defeat or whatever. I will just, if I want to know what's going on pre-match or whatever I'll or post-match I'll, I'll just watch the interview on like YouTube and you know he, I, I saw the one where he was asked that question and he answered it in a way that um, was an honest answer you know he's got his contract and he, he and he's here he could have said I love it here I can't wait to get this club to you know the you know glory that they deserve blah 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 I was like, yeah, but that's kind of an empty thing to say as well, to be honest. And then, you know, then I did see the kind of headlines off the back of that. And looking through them, I was a bit like, well, this isn't really kind of what he said. You know, shock horror, the the, the media have twisted his words and stuff. But I'm... It, it, it's a funny one, isn't it? Um, for all we know, there are signings lined up. And, you know, the way that Spurs and, you know, how it used to be, ITK and all that with Redknapp that you'd know everything before even the club knew they were doing it or to a point now you don't you don't hear anything until it's pretty much done for a start and as you say no players are really moving Villa signed a couple they still got the Grealish money so they can nothing you know nothing has really kind of kicked off yet and I don't know if it will you know the big clubs don't really have much money in terms of Real Madrid and Barcelona usually they're the sort of ones that drop a shitload during January, then it gets things moving. Can't see that happening this time round. Um, but in terms of his position at Spurs, if I'm being really cynical, then I'm thinking of, weirdly, we've got such a long-term vision of the club as a, let's call it a corporate entity with its you know stadium and the housing development, you know, which people, people have criticised the club for, but... Technically, it's part of the agreement with Harringay to, to build the, the stadium there. They have to build um, housing complexes as well. Um, so we've got this long-term vision, long-term sort of investment in the club on that side, but seem very sort of short-term on the pitch, don't we? And again, this is, this is just a theory and not what I particularly sort of believe, but the idea that we could have just got Conte in and not really thought about the you know January and not really thought about summer. Well, he's here for 18 months, so he's here. He's one of the best coaches in the world. Go coach a team and then that's it. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't believe that he would have signed up had he not had the assurances that the money is there. And I do think the money is there. I just think that no one wants to play for us. And the players that do, as we've seen players like Ndombele and Lo Celso, who seem to have felt like they've made it they don't seem to have much in the t in, in 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 the sense of pushing on and you know using us as a stepping stone as much as it's horrible to say but that's the kind of energy that we need we need a player to come to Turks, come to spurs put the effort in and get us to achieve something so it's better for them not for them just to kind of be like oh yeah nice one i'm i'm here now i get to play for my national team i'm i'm fine so i so, so I don't, I don't even know if my point is, I don't even know if dropping sixty million on players works for us. Just well, we just, I, I just we don't... can't, we cannot, 
we can't take those gambles like other clubs can because you know let's we were talking about it earlier on WhatsApp, right? Like United dropped whatever it was, eighty mil on Jaden Sancho, who's just been an unmitigated. Let's be honest, an unmitigated disaster in the Premier League yeah. this year. He's been he's been terrible, beyond terrible. And I'm pretty sure most a lot of us were saying this. Yeah, we saw him in the Champions League against us, and he did nothing. He's never looked that good for England. He's never looked like he's that great a player. Um, you know, fun, funnily enough, at work, I was we were sort of making this video to sort of, you know, when Sancho's move got finalised, it was a big like, let's create some hype around Jadon Sancho coming to Manchester United, the Premier League, interview sort of different figures from his life, you know, an old coach, uh, blah, 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 blah. And interviewed this kind of this, this Bundesliga correspondent who also happened to be a Dortmund fan. Um, and I couldn't use an awful lot of the interview because his point was mainly like, yeah, Jadon's a good player, he's great, but I mean we'll take the money and we're kind of shocked that Manchester United feel that he's going to kind of replicate what he's doing here at, in the Premier League, you know, because mm, it's yeah. whatever, you know, and he was, he was very, you know, he's like, he's been great for us and we're very happy and we love the partnership he's got with Haaland, but for that money, yeah, we'll take it. And because yeah, Dortmund always buy well, Dortmund always replace well. They've got probably some of the best scouts going, haven't they? And they're also just one of those clubs that, is a great fit for, you know, I think he's probably transcended them now, but you could imagine if, you know, if Dortmund had sold Haaland a bit earlier, Flyovic would have gone there straight away. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And before he had that move on to kind of, you know, wherever the Premier League. Um, so it's just, it's a strange one. And I, I, I do agree because, you know, there's always going to be that additional scrutiny on Tottenham when we drop a bit of money, like we've always seen with, and Dombele, like we even saw with Sergei Rebrov in the past when we had him, you know, there was, that was a, what about 11 mil, which I think was a, a, a large amount of money back then, relatively speaking. Um, but nobody would let us forget about it. But, you know, you see down the years, Chelsea, City spend and spend and spend. And they, do, City, to be fair to them, generally get it right. But they've still had a few duds here and there. Um so they have fewer duds nowadays it would seem yeah. in the last few years right weirdly when money's tighter they've they they have sort of and they just what they just sold Ferran Torres for probably more than they bought for him um I mean let's be honest, like funnily enough you know they spent all that money on Grealish haven't they and he's not doing that well at the moment but it's Man City you know they can afford to let, give him a bit of time off you know not make him an important part of the team and then probably in a year's time he'll be one of the best players you know just what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it is an interesting point. Um, in in terms of us though, Triore seems like the one that is going to be more likely. We've just been linked with Spence from Nottingham Forest, who is a decent prospect. Um, Triore would probably see us over the line for the next few months, I would say, but. We've got, that that feels like a player that again is a short term short term view to kind of that that we're then saddled with, you know. It's like the Sissoko thing. We we've now got this player that we we bought when we thought we needed them, and then they just, you know, taking up a spot in the in in the uh, in the squad or getting loads of wages that we need to then try and find a way to get off our um, off our books, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The market is funny, isn't it, at the moment? Or, or not funny, it's just non-existent. I'm, I'm oddly confident 
It's stupid, but I'm oddly confident about Dybala, though. It's just got, it's got a funny feel to... Given that we've sort of been linked with him before and, you know, now we've got Conte and we've got Paratici, I've just sort of got a feeling that we might just get it done if... Because if, apparently, like, you know, the word is that Conte is in love with him, that he is, like, the one that he wants. And maybe, you know, if there isn't a transfer fee involved, even if his wages are, whatever, 200, 250 mm. grand, then it might be the player that, you know they just sort of say to the owners, like, get him. You know, we want him. He will transform the team. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it comes out, if there's a deal to be done for him, then we could get it done. If that doesn't sound like a um, about roundabout way of saying something. But, you know, as you say, we've got the link with um, Paratici and Conte. Maybe, you know, and Dombele going the other way, not in a swap, but in a sort of, loan each way feels right I don't know but um, but yeah what, what's the latest on Dybala well, just apparently that Spurs have had representatives out. out there I mean this Steve is what Hitchin. the ITK is. <laughs> you probably fucking run off aren't but um, <laughs> that we've apparently had representatives out there talking to him and then uh, now it's getting to the point where um, Paratici himself is going to fly out now to to advance these kind of conversations okay. so you know and also Frank Hessey as well at, at Milan because they're both they're both free agents in the summer so we want to get pre-contracts sorted mm-hmm. but again so that doesn't really help us in January does it no or, not so, in the so it goes back to my point of saying well this season is just a not a write-off because as you say there's lots of financial reasons why doing well this season is beneficial to us but if there's no if there's no deals on the table, if nothing's really happening, nothing's really moving, um, we'll see. I mean, I spoke, you know, again with us. If if Doherty goes this week, and Bergwijn goes this week, then obviously, well, I say obviously, hopefully that means that we'll have some. That that will suggest that we'll have some players coming in. How are you? Uh, I guess getting towards the end, so I just wanted to get a temperature check because there's been people today protesting outside the training ground um i'm sure you've seen there's quite a few enoch out levy out kind of accounts and such have popped up Mm. recently the the movement seems to be growing in a more orchestrated fashion at the moment um i'm I'm pretty i'm a bit of a just to give you my perspective i'm a bit of a sort of centrist dar on the whole thing with levy um, he's frustrated me a lot down the years and I don't think he's gotten everything right but at the same time I think I personally have the opinion that I still think it's a little bit kind of tunnel visions to paint him out as this complete evil I, I do think yeah. Tottenham have progressed a lot as a as a team under his stewardship um, whether or not he's kind of the right man to lead the charge anymore like you know Great, he transitioned us to a super club, but his actual experience of managing, being in charge of a super club is nil. Um, so maybe the, maybe he's at a, a, a different tier of football now, which he can't handle. E- either way, um, I'm, I, I, I sort of, I do feel like, my personal opinion is that this Conte appointment is the end of the road. Like if, if Tottenham don't, do something now and if we don't properly back him then it's got to be it right I mean obviously it doesn't have to be it he's the owner Enoch are the owners of the football club then they don't have to go anywhere but in terms of like my acceptance of 
of the idea that he might be doing a good job for us or taking us to somewhere better I feel that that would be completely gone now if if this turns out to be another disaster you know um, yeah yeah I think I think that's where I am with it I mean I, I do find the whole sort of Enoch out thing a bit tedious to be honest I get I get the kind of idea behind it but I mean who, who, someone else will buy it and they're not going to operate any differently really you know they, they wouldn't have built us a stadium. They wouldn't have done all this sort of stuff. Um, but I do agree that at the moment, and I think give, giving him a lot of sort of like, slack sounds weird, but you know what I mean? We got to Champions League final. We got a new stadium. We got all this stuff. We had Pochettino. We got Harry Kane. All these sort of positives. Then the Super League thing happened. And you're right. Conte is now kind of like in the middle of that balance. He could go either way in terms of if we back him and if, you know, if we back him and he fails, then I, I can't, I, I don't really think that's the problem of the, of the chairman because, you know, you've got the best coach in the world, you're giving him the players he wants and if it still doesn't work, I don't know if that's necessarily his fault. If you get him in and then start sort of reneging on promises about transfer funds and then, you know, there seems to be a rift between him and the kind of, management above him that I think is that that tips the balance against Daniel Levy even if that does as you say all this Enoch out it just doesn't actually it won't ever come to anything because he's the owner of a football club you can't just say get out and then to listen you know we have no say in it so you know I'm not trying to be sort of defeatist about it I get the point but he'll only sell when it's right for him and Enoch will only sell when it's right for them financially. So pff, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of a mind bender, isn't it? Getting into that, who who comes next? Better the devil you know, sort of thing. I don't know. Um, we just have to kind of see how this Conte thing um, pans out. This Conte thing, <laughs> this <case laughs> you know, this 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 lad, what's his name? Um, yeah, we just need to. You know, I I do think the money will be there, and I do think that we haven't been able to attract the right players because of our stature, not necessarily because of anything else, really. All right, maybe we've got like a tight wage structure, but I think that you know, if this doesn't work, then mate, fold the club, just just start at like the eighth tier of football, and just go back to go back to basics. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. 
That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.